0: Alright, I have with me uh, Noah, it's me Salim, and we're just gonna talk man, uh, so Noah, tell me, right, right now you're 23 years old, right? 24? 20, 23, yeah. 23. Describe to me, because our subject, our, our, our podcast is more about the, the truth, whatever that means to you. Spirituality and growth because I know myself five years ago. I was a completely different person I was just waiting for Friday nights to go out with my friends. I was just wanted to drink. I wanted the girls I wanted a career. I was as One of my uh, first people who I listened to call, calls it. I was a child of the matrix mm-hmm. But today I'm a completely different person a lot of my perspectives. I even changed my religion for that so a lot of my shit changed, but let's start with you, man. How, where were you five years ago, and how did that, how did you come to be what you are today? I mean, five years ago,
1: what would that have been?
0: Um, would have been 15,
1: so that's where a lot of, a lot of this journey all started. I think like the, being, getting more disenfranchised with the system, so to speak. Let's use that cliche word. Um, yeah, just, so I, I started, uh, I had been, I had a really, I had a strange childhood. I was just hanging out with a, a friend last night who had a similar situation where we both had, kind of like you, like our parents were like, kind of, they had extreme political, political views and had weird people over, which was awesome. Um at the time but I'm glad I had that experience but uh, we had like libertarian party conventions at my at my parents house growing up and I was homeschooled all through that time and got to hang out with really interesting people especially growing up around DC got uh but then I, I switched and went into high school so it was like a a jarring jarring transition I think most people are By the time they get to high school they've been so like brainwashed being in school just so you know trying to fit in trying to be like their peers trying to be cool popular yeah all all that and the how like the school system was was designed i forget i think it was some eastern Bloc country do you remember which one it was like the, the school system we adopted it and it was originally designed around the industrial revolution to make people like docile and you know, it's make people conform. subservient and conform. Like it wasn't. It was designed to turn you into like into a wage slave. That's how the school system was developed. And the U.S. government pretty much just adopted it freeform And I always think about that when, uh, especially in art classes, we would like the, that had a professor that would rap about creativity and like this and that, like from within from within the education system that's like designed to stifle you and <laughs> make you into a wage slave and they're like let's talk about
0: being creative like, that was like a different panel right that class felt so different from oh, yeah, other classes sure. yeah um,
1: but I feel like I'm, I'm really glad for having had a like, eccentric parents like having a weird childhood like that because mm-hmm. other people would just fall in line yeah. like can I go to the bathroom like no mm-hmm. Like that that kind of shit, like that's like, like, like how is that a normal thing? You huh? know, being like a being based almost an adult, and you're not allowed to take a piss. Exactly, unless <laughs> like that, that kind of like training. You're exactly. like being trained like a dog, to just like like no sit, <laughs> and uh, just that the idea that going and taking a piss. When another adult tells you you can't, is this huge act of like rebellion? And people are like, "Whoa, whoa, no!" He went and took a piss. <laughs> like it's like, yeah,
0: yeah, to pee.
1: <laughs> I get that. So,
0: yeah, like, are your parents still together, or did you did they? Separate? they
1: split up. They split In, up uh, after I
0: went to, after I went to school. Um, that was. Uh, oh know. I feel like that experience always jars people, especially you're when saying. it comes late in life. Like if it if it happens before you're seven, six, mm-hmm. you don't really. Uh, it does still affect you, but not as much when you get acquainted with your parents being together and you being a unit, and then that breaks away when you're reaching adulthood. And that, for me at least, was an experience that made me think about reality twice because it shifted the security I had thinking so about I my parents. You. When, when the, sh- the shit first happened, it was, I was 8th grade, so I was like probably 14. Okay. But they had a very sour breakup. It, that took like 8 years, It stretch between um, fighting and... Because my, my dad's side of the family and my mom's side of the family are weirdly connected. Like in the grandparents' side, their cousins and somewhere. So it was a sour breakup and they went through a lot of back and forth. And the way my dad did it, he married a second wife. So in Islam, you are allowed to marry up to four wives. So my dad felt righteous in what he was doing. He said that God supported this and I'm doing the right thing and anybody who opposes me is against God. You're being sacrilegious for questioning me. So that, there was that dynamic and then they split in 2012 but they didn't officially divorce until 2014. So it was a lot of like messy breakup for me which I feel is the basis of my trauma because my dad was my hero. He was uh, he, he, he was like making six figures when he was, like, 32. He had a lot of connections politically, re- religiously, so I looked up to him, and when he did this thing, I was like, oh, you motherfucker. Yeah. You know but back to you, man. No, you uh, you were going to high school. You were seeing that a lot of people were conforming. Mm-hmm.
1: I really did a lot of the same thing, and I think I, I had a lot of emotional reactions to stuff that I, I see a lot of this in hindsight. At the time, I think I just... Uh, not exactly I didn't I I mostly went along with stuff but it it felt awful like it didn't feel right and I would just get high all the time get high before school and just kind of to be able to put up with that I think that was just like that's what allowed me to go through high school
0: so what what examples were stuff that stood out to you because I didn't go to high school in America but and a lot of TV shows and a lot of movies which I feel misrepresent what's really going on though about schools yeah and everything but like what was your experience like in if you would name three examples at least that were like uh, essential that made you look at things twice and not trust it, you know uh, uh for
1: sure a lot for I mean right off the bat like there were like seven suicides in the four years I was there wow at this high school at uh Woodson Woodson High School in Fairfax Virginia which, you know, like, that's, that's nuts. A lot of it, it didn't make the news either, for the most part, because mm-hmm. people were politically connected in that area, like the some Supreme Court justices, mm-hmm. like, his, his children went there. It was, like, a very, it, it was a High mix. End. Yeah, it was a mix, you know. Like, my family was just upper-middle class, and there was a lot of that. There different socioeconomic statuses, but there was a significant amount of... And extremely powerful people
0: and my cousin went my cousins went to woodson that, yeah. if you know them she they wore hijabs abrar. she's she's now getting uh she's she, like in the elections she's being she's trying to get into this high school board yeah they're brainwashed like they're they're, Islam, yeah. they're islamically brainwashed and if they hear that i'm sorry but that's what i think <laughs> and they're politically brainwashed they believe in the democrats they're they're into the Blue, uh, blue and red yeah, and yeah, yeah, all that yeah. stuff <laughs> so you know maybe one day you wake up I love you but that's that's how I see things. I'm sorry to interrupt you were yeah, like no, a lot so, of suicides
1: yeah lots of suicide it was it's, I think it was at the time I have no idea now but it was in like the top 50 high schools in the country as far as test scores and like college placement and stuff so it was like it was, it was like on paper very good but like kind of underneath that what was going on to get those statistics out, is that people are fucking doing drugs and killing themselves at this place that's, like, pumping out good numbers. But underneath, there's, like, the people that
0: don't even survive all the way through, you know? Um... It's fucking crazy. Did you know anybody who was suicided, or, like, did you remotely even uh, say hi to them? Yeah, the f-
1: a, a few of them. The one guy, I, like, hung out with him the day before. Um... I, I, I didn't know any of them very well personally. Like some of them were people I smoked weed with, or had like uh, were friends of friends. You know, it wasn't. It was a big school. It was like two thousand people, mm-hmm. so kind of like a medium-sized school. So you you definitely don't know everybody, but yeah, yeah. You yeah, see but the like people you, around. Yeah, you said weird. hi was, to them. You hung out with them once or yeah, twice. No, so I, I was I was uh I felt fucked up one day, and I was I was talking to this guy ended up killing himself the day later we'd like made plans to hang out and I just remember. They'd like announce it over the PA system so like once in a while, which uh What's the PA system? So yeah, like the like the speakers, you know, like you'd, you'd like you'd be in class and like the, oh. the intercom would come on and they'd they'd be like uh like so and so uh has died. You know? And, like and they wouldn't never, say he killed himself. Oh they'd no, say they would died. never say that, yeah. But it was always and like so I, I remember like in my senior year or was in my junior year this this one distinct moment where I would gotten so used I think this is like I don't know if I'd go as far as, I think that's like a secondary programming thing which I mean like people aren't directly engineering that but that that leads to like the being traumatized and being numb to stuff like I was like oh number four <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's that's like all that popped into my head like I just like my mind just went like blank and I was just like four, four. It's the fourth one. I was like, okay, on with the rest of the stuff. And like, meanwhile, people are freaking the fuck out because like they know it's like another person killed themselves. So I was like, this is what this is,
0: you know. And for anybody who thinks we're way out there, we're even way more out there in what we think. And you'll see that coming up <laughs> in our conversation. Uh, so, suicide, at least where I grew up, was unspoken of. Yeah. and it was covered up when it happened. I didn't, I didn't know anybody who killed themselves remotely, closely or not. I would hear in the news once in a blue moon somebody hanged themselves because living conditions were so bad, they had no future prospects and they were so poor, they hanged themselves. But it's, uh, in Islam at least it's one of the biggest sins to kill, the, to kill yourself coming from the belief that mm-hmm. God grants you this body and he has gifted you this life so it's not even yours to take away. In a sense, I don't know how I feel about that, I just, I don't agree that suicide is a viable uh, solution to anything, it's an escape route, and that does, that does not mean I dehumanize or I don't, you know, don't agree with anybody who, uh, not agree, but don't feel the pain of anybody who goes through that pain and then, then kills, kills themselves, because you got to be in their shoes for if if everything in life every single option you have seems like a no option and the only good option is killing yourself you must be in a very dark place but going back to your school thing that's a very uh dangerous indicator you know because if you were in a top 50 high schools good good grades good uh good test scores you know people going to harvard and yale and ivy school leagues that would look good on paper but the fact was that people were killing themselves that means they were deeply dissatisfied with what was going on. So that was one example of how you started to see reality around you break down in high school.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz you they they believed that it was real enough to be worth killing yourself. Mm-hmm. All of the, the like high school life situations, you know, like none of it some of them had crazy crazy stuff going on that I won't go into cuz it's you know there families and their privacy, but for the most part, it was like it was. There's nothing extraordinary. Like it's, it's. It just seems like that at the time. I think that's where like some of the social conditioning starts. Mm-hmm. That you know, these uh, external life things like, like grades and where you're going to school and your future and in like that very pre-prescribed like, first you go to high school, then you go to college, then you get a job, and it's like it's the next thing and the next thing. And the next thing and like then you make more money and more money and uh, it's like a race to nowhere Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Um, not doing what you want to do these are just the things that are laid out for you okay Um, and that seems super important and that seems like that's that's those are the options and this is what you have to do and this one thing happened and you know you're you're struggling academically and that seems like it's the end of the world all of a sudden. Like, you're, like, hypnotized into believing that this is so important. Where if you zoom out, and in hindsight, I'm like, that's nothing. That's not... It's that's not anything, even you know? made, very major. Yeah, no. Like, that's... But but for somebody to curl themselves, that must have been yeah, no, you believe very, that very it's like everything.
0: So it's, uh... So people are curling themselves. People are not allowed to go to the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and it... For me there, There's always a catalyst That pushes you Beyond the fence But there's events That keep accumulating And uh-huh. pushes push you Towards the fence You know For me I'd say One of them was Religion Because mm-hmm. my dad Was so religious And I adopted that religion Like wholeheartedly But there was a lot Of contradictions And Islam is one of those religions where you have to conform there's like there's no way of free thinking free thinking would be blasphemy mm-hmm. if you would think any other way of what the collective Muslims before you have thought and you would have different ideas they would always bring you down you don't have enough knowledge you don't have enough years of study uh, who are you to think to talk about this stuff this stuff was in the quran this was stuff talked Muhammad talked about never talk about this stuff so they always push you to that conformity for big period in my like teenage years I believed that I, I wanted to be accepted in the Islamic community seeing, being seen as a holy person a person who was close to God following this stuff but as I reached senior year in high school a lot of this stuff started to break down and I was not resonating with it and uh, slowly I started straying away from the path that was going on but I didn't have a plan B like if I have let go of the old stuff I didn't have a new thing to hold on to, so I did not really, really let go, but I was starting to break off from the indoctrination and, you know, conformity and all that stuff, but, uh, go on, like high school, suicides, stuff like that, yeah, um, what was the first two subject that kind of jarred you when you looked into it? Well, I
1: remember I'd always heard my parents talking about, uh, like the Federal Reserve, and like I'd hear like at these like libertarian convention like potluck dinner things that we'd have like I'd hear conversations like that going on mm-hmm. you know like and at the time I was like I think it, it kind of just primed me for this stuff you know i I had a very low level understanding of what was going on, but like I heard all these subjects like they were like the um, bit the, yeah like the individualist type philosophy instead of just. Joining a group like the red blue false dichotomy like I understood that at a really early age I think one of the, the biggest like mind blower things I had so I used to I, I Would never be able to fall asleep because i would be thinking about crazy stuff like this as like as a young child thinking how Everyone not everyone but most people people who are Very in the system they, they believe so strongly that they're right I think that's... A sign of intelligence is, like, is questioning, you know, being less sure of yourself, because yeah. you, that's the only way you can get new information, but so many people are just... They're 100%. Like, you ask them, they're 100% right, that the Democrats, the Democrats are right, and there's people on the other side, they're like, the Republicans are right. Like, how can you just be, like, just like you believe that deep down? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I remember, I just that was just blowing my mind. I was like, how can it be split roughly half and half, and they both have like contradicting ideas both that they believe. hold so strongly? I'm like, but I was looking at it from a third, third party, like third person perspective, like not um, like I was getting that perspective from my parents, and I was like, how? It's like so, both of them aren't right. Like it's possible to like to hold things that you like know or believe, quote unquote, that can be completely False, like so that idea that just like the things that you're you're not allowed to question that people have like unwavering belief and faith in, like that was I I that kind of thing like that just that hasn't been available to me. It's it's enticing mm. sometimes. Like sometimes I still find myself like it's the the system can be very inviting. You know, like the idea of uh, like chains of iron versus chains of gold. Like yeah. give me those chains of gold. Like just. Like, look, like it's so shiny. You can have mm-hmm. a nice job and a nice car, and this nice, you know. You just get
0: some a little bit more debt, and you know, you you do these things, and the devil seduces you. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a metaphor of the devil. We don't necessarily believe that there's a devil out there, and like, yeah. God, you know, Jesus and devil and the and Satan are actually fighting. Yeah, it's all fighting. symbolic. It's all symbolic, but mm-hmm. the devil is is portrayed in a lot of traditions as a seductress. You know, he yeah, comes yeah. with your good clothes. He offers you mm-hmm. good rewards, but usually you regret taking those decisions because you're putting yourself into bondage so I remember I was really as I said I was I grew up religiously and there was a lot of sins and bigger sins you shouldn't have crossed the lines of doing and it always brought this questioning in me that I didn't resonate with but I always wanted to fit in I didn't want to break the rules and be frowned upon about my parents fearing punishment and all that one of the things was sex you know you could not have sex until you're married and having sex was one of the deadly sins in islam before having like before getting married and that always fucked my mind up cuz that's funny right the way we have relationships right there it's just so messed up uh you you go out with a girl you speak to her on the phone you but you do everything except touching and having sex some people obviously do it's not a perfect society but for the most part girls want to remain virgins until they hit marriage, because that brings up their value. Like if, if for in the first night the husband, uh, you know, if he doesn't break the hymen and he doesn't, like, uh, he doesn't see the blood, he knows that this girl has slept around and then she's dishonored by her family and that's a bad thing. So there was a lot of anal sex going on. <laughs> there still is a lot of anal sex going on. <laughs> there was still yeah a lot of <laughs> anal sex. Like that's the only way that could go through. That that all fucked with me because. I I had this like as any guy we had this sexual desire and I I was I saw no other way of uh, like fulfilling that desire beyond masturbation and also marriage in the middle east is so difficult and that we have a lot of traditions so if you got to get married it's, it's traditional roles the male is the provider the female stays at home and so the male has to provide for everything. So for you to get married, you have to have good credentials. You have to have a house. You have to have a good job. And there's something uh, we call in Arabic, which means it's it's a small amount. It depends on the family. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amount of money you pay the girl just mm-hmm. for marrying. It's like, thank you for accepting me as a husband. Here's $5,000. Keep it in your account. This is for you. So ma- marriage expenses went up Depending on the family and the class you were marrying into and all that, went from like thirty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars just to get married. So that was a huge roadblock for anybody who wanted to get married and to put a lot of. That for me, that was the first thing that made me feel uncomfortable about that stuff. I remember in my uh, junior uh, sophomore year in college, I uh, I started drinking, and in Jordan there, since there's a small Christian population, they allow for the there is some liquor stores in Jordan, but the only people who can own them are Christians. But 90% of like all the customers are just Muslims. They go there and buy, they buy their liquor, you know? <laughs> uh, so I got drunk and, and it felt so good. And I felt like, wow, why is this thing? So it, it was like small things started to break down. My, I had strong beliefs about things for me to fit in in some way or another. And as I broke those beliefs, the lies started to become more apparent to me and I could not live with those stuff, you know. that was That's how I started getting into this stuff a little bit. But so for you, Noah, you said you went to high school and, you know, it's funny that it's, we have similar things. Like my dad was a, a politician. He was into NGOs. He was always around these high-class people who were into politics. So I always knew that nine eleven was one way or another fake. Because they blamed the Muslims, and I, I did not resonate with that. Even though there were some crazy Muslims, don't get me wrong, there some Muslims who want to blow themselves up, who believe in that stuff. But 9-11 was questioned. The regimes in the Middle East were all corrupt, dict- ter- di- di- ruled by dictators. I knew all that from a young age, and that was a good thing because that brought a lot of like high thought, higher consciousness, since I was growing up, so that, as you said, it primed me up, so when I got into, like, college and started being an adult, I was ripe for whatever information was, I did not shut it down, you know, but, uh, so, like, tell me about your last year in high school, how you were as a personality, fitting in, not fitting in, going to college, applying for colleges, all that funk, because that's, a lot of high school, that's where it gets real, like, I feel like the first two, two and a half years, just playing around, you know, fitting Mm -hmm. in doing drugs, this, that, and the other. But then the last two years, last year, it's, it's about preparing your college essays, you know, applying for schools. It starts to get, like, what you call the indoctrination. starts to get more real and real and, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely... Like, I kind of... I think it, it, it broke me, mostly, like, the system. Like, I did it. You know, I did all this stuff um, just to... Without going into all the detail, like I just I just graduated uh, with a bachelor's in engineering in December, and it wasn't until the last last year or so of that that uh, I was kind of going through the motions for the most of that most of that time, and the last semester I was like, wait, what? What the fuck? <laughs> what am I- how much how much debt am I in? What am I doing? Do I actually wanna do this? This is what I wanna do with my life? Oh, like, okay. I'm gonna go go get to make all this money now, but like I don't wanna do that. Like I don't wanna work fifty hours a week doing something that I'm not interested in, you know? And like that's and I felt shame for saying that. It's like I don't wanna work 50 hours a week doing some bullshit and it's just like how could you say that (laughs) how could you say something like that you're so ungrateful like why would you not want to do i'm like who the fuck does want to do that right like how no like that's that's uh that weird like protestant work ethic Mm. type of ideal that that's just what you do yeah like that's i think that's insane like you need to work hard there's no way around it you need to work hard but
0: to make money. But at what? Exactly. For who? For who?
1: For yourself? For someone else? For, you know? Like, in the how, most of the jobs I could get, especially in this area, were, like, were big defense contractors. Like, you know, all the Lockheed, Boeing, Northrop Grumman. Like, those were the type of, those were my opportunities. Mm. I was like, I'm not going to go work for Satan. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'll get, yeah, I'll get paid bank, but I'll, I'll know I'm, like, helping like, ultimately, I'm, like, I'm helping to blow up little brown people, like, 2,000 miles away, or however, <laughs> you know, on yeah. the other side of the world. I'm, yeah. like, that's... I'm like, I'm, like, I know that wouldn't, that wouldn't be my job title, <laughs> blowing up brown people, but, like, that's, that's what the fuck is going... I mean, there's... there's that's a vast oversimplification of, of how it works a by political your political con- war, but, like, yeah. that, that was... I was, like, this is, you know... I'm, like, I don't... You're contributing to that machine. Yeah, no, and, and what that's doing... What that's doing to this country, what that's doing to, to my country. And you that's know, it, like, just the whole, I was like, I don't want to do that. Even, even if uh, outside of something more, a more menial job, like a more, that wasn't, maybe the, the corporation isn't as, like, inherently evil, evil. but still, like, it's, it's not what you sign up for when you go into school to be an engineer, a scientist, you know? Yeah. They, they, they sell you on all the sexy science stuff and like they like, show people like working in a lab and you do cool experiments and shit and then you know so it's like when you look at job applications it's like are you able to maintain a professional appearance and are good at excel it's like yeah you know, i'll <laughs> sit in a cubicle and punch shit into excel all day you know, like, that's that's not what I signed up for, like, going into it. Like, I could have looked at that, but that's not how it's sold to you. It's, like, this next thing, this next thing, this next thing, and then you, you feel like you're getting towards the finish line, and, like, the next step, I'm like, this is just more bullshit. I'm just going to be doing more bullshit for the next, like, 40 years.
0: Like, I don't want to do that, you know? So, yeah, I, I get that part. Mm-hmm. So, I want to regress back into choosing your major, because that oh, was yeah. that was something for me that I did not. Like, I changed major, my major once and i I was thinking about changing it twice but it's not worth it you know because it's not really it's not going to be my savior my degree is not going to be the thing that opens opportunities and makes me fulfill my life so i'm just going to finish whatever i'm doing just to get it and honestly if this podcast thing starts blowing up and starts working i'm not even going to go back to school because it's what i love and i don't need any validation from society from schools to get a degree that i know to how to do something but i remember uh I grew up also in an upper middle class family. My grandpa, from my mom's side, was a millionaire in Libya. He was a very big merchant who got a lot of his properties stolen in the eighties when Gaddafi adopted a lot of the communist, uh, uh, like you know, uh, ideology and politics. So, one of like I'll just digress a little bit. He adopted a law in the eighties that said anybody who lived in the house owned it, right? So let me explain what that means. So my grandpa had a lot of estates and a lot of houses he was renting out. But when that law went into action, anybody who was living in that house, renting it, suddenly became the owner of the house by law. And uh, so he lost like maybe 80% of his uh, you know, property. He had like 30, uh, 30 stores he was renting out, you know, store locations. He had uh, a lot of houses that he lost and he kept maybe like Four houses and a few other uh, stores, <coughs> but comparing to his real fortune, it was like almost wiped out. Uh, so that that happened in Libya. That happened to my grandpa. So I'm just saying, like my my background was from this. My grandpa from my other from my dad's side was uh, the United Nations representative from uh, from Libya to the United Nations, and especially in the world of finance. So he was representing Libya. And, some other African countries in the World World Bank, and that's why I have an American passport today, and that's why I live in America. Because he came here in the '80s, '83, and uh, he brought all my all my dad's family with him. And they, my dad was 17 at the time. He went to uh, he spent a year and a half in high school learning the language, and then he got into George Washington and he got his PhD. So that's how I came here, and my dad got a PhD. My other uncle is a surgeon, and he sits in the chairman board of Inova Fairfax Hospital. My other uncle is a producer. He produced two big like documentaries. My cousins one went to Yale, one went to Harvard. Their brother now is doing medical school in Yale. My other cousin is a social media star she's a so I come from all these fam- this family of overachievers, so I felt a lot of pressure always to do something big so I, You know, coming to that decision, I know in my deepest self that that was a big decision. Like, choosing your major is something major because, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, because it, it determines your whole life path. Or at least that's what I thought. Like, what you choose, what you graduate is, is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. And you're going to grow in that path. And I knew, I knew for a fact that I was not ready to make that decision when I was 18 mm-hmm. or 17. I was not. So, I had to kind of rush in a decision, try to fit in. So, I remember th- uh, making that decision was so funny. I, I remember that growing up in high school, I loved playing online games so much. So, it was between becoming a game developer or uh, an engineer. So, I I thought always oh, that the engineer title was more prestigious. Mm-hmm. So, I went to, into telecommunication engineering. I My thought process was, okay, I'll be able to work on the infrastructure for online gaming and like perfecting that because it's telecommunication and I went into that but it was just so difficult it was a lot of physics and calculus I it's not that I was not good at that but I did not enjoy doing that I could I did not enjoy doing a lot of the homeworks you know the online assignments you know xyz ffx I just had enough of it in two years I did not did not resonate with me so I know I did the wrong decision at the time that's what led me to choose that major but then like th- three years in, I woke up one day. I remember I just woke. I was in bed, and I was like, "Wait, I was taking a circuits two class, electrical circuits too. I was like, "Wait, is this the kind of stuff I want to be waking up, like being 50 years old, doing this stuff? Am I gonna be enjoying?" my... I was like, "Hell no, 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 no." I made that decision wrongly, and after that, I remember took a gap year. I did a lot of drugs. I stayed out of school. I was just in a place where I was lost. I didn't know what I was doing, but that's, for me, what I was trying to say about, like, what I was trying to say is <clears throat> how that indoctrination conformity, living up to your parents and society's expectation led me to choosing the wrong major for the wrong reasons and led me to an unsatisfied college life. So they, so I feel part of the indoctrination is to get you into college early before you make these big life decisions, When you
1: sally you up with an absurd amount of debt here in America. that's yeah, yeah. yeah. You like sign a piece of paper, and you may be in debt for the rest of your life, for like making that financial decision as a fucking child. You know, at eighteen years old, you can you can put yourself in like a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt with no job. Like you don't have shit. You you you, like then you're you're kind of roped in, you know, Mm -hmm. for. You got that degree, and you realize you don't really like it. And, uh, yeah. but this is your best way to make money right now, and you you have all this new debt, <laughs> all of a sudden. So uh, maybe you're gonna shut the fuck up and just <laughs> take that bullshit cubicle job, <laughs> and do it because, uh, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta pay that debt. <laughs> so what what kind of engineering did you uh, study? I did material science. Um, actually, I enjoyed I I enjoyed it. I liked. I liked a lot of aspects of it and I, I've i thought about going back for grad school and uh, actually actually doing more cutting-edge real hard science research and development stuff but which is very difficult to do with an undergraduate degree but I don't I want to make that my whole life I think that was the thing I, I chose engineering I don't even know if I want to say I chose I was kind of point in that direction, mm, mm. you know, like, I could have done something else, but that's why everyone was like, oh, you're, I was just always really good at math, mm-hmm. like, I, like I, I was homeschooled, my dad's, my dad's a genius, like, okay. he's really fucking smart, and, uh, so I was already good at it, and then, like, I was learning from him, like, one-on-one, and I just, I was really good at math and science.
0: Does your dad work
1: for the government by any
0: chance? No. Okay.
1: No, no, he has his own, he has his own business nice Um, but he uh, yeah so they were like oh well obviously you're gonna go be an engineer because you're good at math and that's the best way to make a bunch of money if you're good at math you know like I like I think I like playing around with stuff like that and building things and you know making uh, doing
0: doing crazy chemistry stuff in the garage Mm. but So So you were kind of in in alignment with the first decision you made, but you were also pushed in that direction. It was not coming from your pure wanting and pure desire or passion. No, it
1: it made sense. It made sense. But it wasn't what... It's kind of like, you know, like I also like to cook, but I think I would hate being a cook at a restaurant. That's true. You know what I mean? Like there's... It's not
0: necessarily... Like the idea of making what you like, your passion in your life and the only way to do that is to get a degree Mm -hmm. now sounds absurd like some people like to cook some people like to draw some people like to do different kind of things but the idea that you need to go in a school for four years and pay so much money and waste so much time in order to start working was just I didn't I didn't like the idea but again all my family members from both sides had degrees some of them had PhDs and that for me, it seemed the path to go. There was no other path to go, and and actually, you know, I remember that my parents applied f- to college for me. I did not even do the application. They, I was, uh, I graduated high school. Then we went to Libya. I, I was, I graduated high school in Jordan, and in the summer we went to Libya, and my parents were in Jordan, uh, like for two weeks in in uh, in the summer, and. Uh, so they did the application for me. They gave me a phone call. They're like, okay, what kind of major would you want to decide? And I was on the, on the phone. I was like, It's funny. I made the decision on the phone. I was like, what What kind of... <laughs> and they chose. They even chose the school. They did not give me an option. I, I remember I wanted to go to a different school because it was where everybody was going. It was a popular school. There was a lot of students. But they said that their friends and their experts told them that this private school is better and has like, yeah. it has... So they they decided the school for me. They uh, they asked me on the phone really quick. What was what what major do you want to go to? And they gave me options between uh, electrical engineering, telecommunication engineering, uh, megatronics engineering, software, computer science. Like it was a technical college. Mm-hmm. So I I already made up my decision because I was thinking of would either programming games software or. I had to do anything with the gaming because I loved gaming so much. So I was like, oh, this is telecommunication, it's internet. And internet, online gaming, it makes sense. I'm going to go telecommunication. I chose that. They paid for that. They did everything and they, uh, it was a private school. So you got accepted easily. You just pay the money and you get there. So that's what happened. And then that's how I went to college. It was not even that big experience where you choose a college and you go there. And they did that for me. And I remember going to the orientation. I was like, oh, college life. And I went to a, a strictly boys' school for, for like, all, all my school career. So going to college was like, oh, now we're going to go to school with girls. <laughs> that was, like, fun. But, yeah, just saying that, you know, going into college was also this process of following what society wants you to do. And this is the theme of this podcast. How did me and Noah slowly start to unravel the lies within the system? What kind of stand it out? make us break away from what other people did. We're not perfect examples. We don't have perfect lives, but we, at least I can talk for myself. I, I, I am now in a position where the information, the research I did, I trust it. I believe it. It brings me empowerment. It makes me see the truth. And it it gives me also purpose. And I'm glad that I did that. I'm not a sheep. I'm not just a follower of the system. And any, everybody has. And what's also like mind-boggling for me is for me at a young age, to know this stuff, to know about reality this much, and the adults in my family, the people I used to look up to, st- are still children of the matrix, it always brings me to dissonance, because I always thought of myself less than, and they are higher than, because mm-hmm. they have these degrees, and they've like have got houses, and they figure shit out. But that took me a while to get over, but it just still blows my mind to this day sometimes, looking at my... Uncles or my people, who I look up to, who are still children of the Matrix, and me sitting right here, being like, all that is a facade. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. It's stealing your individuality. That was the hardest part for me to get over. But so, college was a rough ride to me. I still didn't graduate. I'm 25. I still didn't graduate. But you know, you you went on and graduated. Your experience was different. You went. You did the four years straight. There was no interruptions. You finished your school. You graduated. But as I know, you still haven't got a job that aligns with your degree. And so you can talk about that. How do you feel about that? Where are you today in that? What are your aspirations? But how do you feel ultimately bringing the truth as a background to all that? Like now that you know this stuff, you don't feel obligated. You don't feel bad about not having a job. You don't feel that you need to do it. You don't feel like you're uh, losing time or... How does the truth plus where you are and finishing school in four years with no interruptions bring you today? Well,
1: I think I realized right after I graduated and, and before leading up to it that, uh, you know, like like I had said, I had started to wake up more and I was like, wait, is this really what I want to do with the rest of my life? Like, is this, uh, this actually sounds kind of terrible, you know? the the idea of, getting the type of jobs that were available to me. So I didn't put in a lot of effort. I kind of was half-heartedly doing it, because um, my parents were, were freaked out. They're like, you need to. You need to. You need to. You know? like, so was like, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but now, at this point, like I've, I've applied for a bunch. And uh, yeah, I haven't had one interview. I had a, had a couple interviews. Nothing ever went past the first interview. That's the other thing. Like they tell you that with like an engineering degree, that you they basically tell you you're like guaranteed a job as an engineer, which I've have not, haven't found to be the case, <clears throat> um, and yeah, that 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 feels uh, that's disheartening. It's mm-hmm. like you know you're told the whole time like hey, yeah yeah you probably have a job before you even graduate. Like some of the top people in the class did, but like just because you do it, you know, and that's kind of like an entitled thought, but that's mm-hmm. what I was—that's what I was told. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that didn't come from me. That's what I just believed that people told me that, okay. you know, like that's just how it works. Um, I think also realizing that I'm I'm glad it was difficult and I'm glad I didn't find anything because that, that made me question. That was like, that was a gift in disguise, it being difficult and not being able to find a job because it made me, it made me question it. Like if something's very, if you're doing something that's really hard to do and you know in your heart that you don't really want to be doing it, you're not going to keep, you're not you going to do. keep doing it. You know, like if it had come easy, then maybe I would just be sitting in a cubicle hating my life Yeah. right now versus like pursuing, pursuing my dreams, which is also work. But I'm realizing, you know, r- r- you can't get away from, unless you're like a trust fund kid, like you can't get away from having to work. Yeah. You know, like whatever you do, like, uh, you could, uh, I could, I worked at, a, at restaurants a lot, and that's hard work. That sucks. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not for me. Some people like it. but uh,
0: It's not a lifestyle. I don't think anybody, when they asked them as a child, what do you want to grow? What definitely. do you want to be when you grow up? Nobody said the server or a cook or oh, or a manager at a restaurant. I don't think that was the answer for any kid. No. I, I say that for all kids because I know when we were like 5, 6 years old, we were full of energy, full of dreams. We were excited about life. And I don't think any restaurant job fits that description.
1: No, and that's that, that for people who haven't worked in the, the food service industry, like I don't, you have no idea how insane it is having worked at a couple of restaurants and knowing other people who work at restaurants. Almost everyone there is dysfunctional, either drinking on the job or drinking themselves to sleep every night or just completely out of their fucking minds yeah. in some way, shape or form. Like I like just, it's such a dysfunctional culture within a restaurant. Like I'm sure there are some exceptions, but for the, the vast majority of them, yep. it's nuts. You know, like people, and I don't want to
0: dishearten people to just to go into the restaurant industry, oh, but yeah. don't make it your lifestyle. Don't get comfortable because there are a lot of serving jobs in very high-end restaurants that like, the entree is like $30 and $28. Those kind of restaurants, if you work as a server, especially at the weekends, like just work in the weekend you can make up to $700 yeah, no, 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 in the no. weekend and that is enticing that's the devil in disguise again oh here yeah here. no I don't, I don't regret doing it but you gotta like have your escape
1: plan your escape <laughs> while you're there you yeah. know like it's easy to become disheartened and like, you I'd just say stay at that job like that that's that's a bad place to be exactly where then you, you know you just you drink all the time because you have yeah. this shitty job and you don't feel like you have other options you know I, I'm probably I'm gonna need to take another bullshit job just for the meantime so I have one awesome part time job that's incredible, but you know you need to pay rent <laughs> you know like you don't have to that's the other thing like we were saying um I was just saying that you need to work no matter what like i have a I have a, a friend a coworker that I worked with I've met so many cool people through this job like she literally she saw um she she th- saw through all the bullshit so young like she she just she was like fuck it this guy and go live in the woods like i know how to do it she just like she, i was talking to her about my student loan she's like why don't you just not pay them and i was like I was like, what the fuck she's like i just i just i haven't done anything and like she's like i'm like they can like come after your assets she's like what assets uh-huh. she's like i have this truck that i bought with cash and i sleep under a tarp she's like what the fuck are they gonna do <laughs> Like they, they don't does, have shit
0: i actually like i admire those people but that's like, work that's what yeah. I, I admire those people because they take what we talk about in this podcast and the truth. They take it to a whole nother level where it becomes one hundred percent of their life, they believe it and they do it. I'm not at the point where I can just live in the woods or I I honestly because I know the, the the facts behind the financial system, I was not I was never really afraid of debt. I have a I have some debt on my back. I have a credit card I haven't paid, I have a, I, I got I got some phones from T-Mobile and AT&T and (laughs) sold them. And so I have debt on my back, but I never really felt afraid about it. I was never like, oh my God, my life is fucked. I'm a bad person. I should pay. I never felt because I knew the fact about, and that's one thing I want to bring to the listeners is never get afraid with whatever the system tries to terrorize you, you, make you conform. Never believe that. It's just a mechanism. It's never real. Like what happens if you die tomorrow in a car accident? What happens to that debt? There, there. If you st- if you took any accounting class or any finance class, you know that a government uh, any corporation, when it when it decides to go to sell its product on credit, which is just financing, they put ten to fifteen percent of it as loss. Beginning without even knowing who's paying or not, they put fifteen percent. They call it bad debt, and they don't they don't wish to acquire that debt. They're like if that debt goes unpaid, we're still going to make our profits, our revenue, nothing's going to go down. They already know that stuff. They they have a percentage where it's not going to be paid. And when it does not get paid, they sell it to collection agencies, which are just another form of parasites. They're like the worst kind of people. They They hammer you and they actually try to jack the prices up where the collection agency had bought the debt for less money. So let's say you had $10,000 in debt that collection agency probably bought that debt for $3,000 and now it's asking you for $10,000. So they're making $7,000 profit. So I always knew these facts, so that never made me afraid of, oh my God, my life is fucked. I knew at least from from point of view of college that I'm, I, I'm in a good field, finance and accounting. So I could probably work, and in the first year of working, I could pay all my debt. My debt collectively is probably just like $6,000. It's not that much. I can pay it from the first year of working. I don't have to pay the full amount, too. That never was something to scare me. And I, that's a message I want to bring to the listeners. Don't make the financial system debt and all these stuff scare you into conformity. That's another tool that the system uses. It, it puts you behind like a fork and a rock and it tells you, oh, if you don't work, you're going to be in debt if you're in debt. And it scares you. And that, that fear leads you to take bullshit jobs and not pursue your dreams and not realize what you really want to do. That's my message for you uh so let's kind of digress and change subjects a little bit so when what was the first subject you researched when we call the truth you know conspiracies whatever you want to call them when reality started really breaking down so in our life i know the school system the way life should be that's a big part of it too growing up but we're talking about subjects out there 9-11 wmds jfk gulf of tonkin uh financial system and you can go on and on and on like in history too what was the first subject that when you researched and you saw so much evidence against the popular story that you could not you could no longer believe the popular story the evidence was so real and you had to believe the conspiracy theory
1: um it's hard to remember back because i think i kind of I jumped all in after I don't even remember what the first thing was, probably 9 eleven or fluoride or something. Mm. but uh, after that, I kind of just I went into an insane rabbit hole. like I had dipped my toes in in the past in high school, but i I started I started hanging out with this this girl who was super into conspiracies, and that kind of that's that's also that's been a pattern <laughs> a reemerging pattern in my life, which has been like kind of a, a roller coaster ride. But I just, I started listening to, like, all of these podcasts and not really, not digesting it. That's something, like, that's a, that's a trap, you know, like, Mm. not, not intentionally set by people, I don't think, but just watch out for that. Because you can destroy yourself, like, just, like, try to, you're just like, I want all the information. And, you Mm. know, like, Mm. it's just, it it gives you, like, a fucked up perspective, you know, like, maybe it's a necessary thing to go through. So you come out the other side but some people they just they end up fucked like I was they get you know, stuck there for a you while you get yeah it's like nihilistic and drinking and just you know I was like the world's fucked you know, <laughs> like, you know like that's not I don't think that that's not the message that we're, we're trying to get across here yeah you know like there's there's it's, but there's hope like I just like I didn't digest it I just listened to like eight hours of podcasts and read stuff and read articles all day and none of the individual things there's nothing wrong with any of the individual things necessarily it's just that like I was like, "Give it all to me, like mm. I want to know everything, and it was you know like it's like take it one one bite at a time, or you're going to choke, <laughs> you know like it's a lot to handle, but the first thing, going back to your question that like really like blew the lid off that that seemed simple because stuff like nine eleven is so complicated I'm still mm. agnostic, like I don't know exactly what the f- something weird happened. Mm. But I don't know at what level the control was. Like, was the U.S. government just in on it and it was actually planes? Or were there no planes at all? Like, was it explosives? Like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Like, I'm not... I can't get behind any one theory and be like, this is exactly... Like, I like. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But um, something... The first thing that really blew the lid off was the um, Graham Hancock's work. So, like, the... Yeah anthropological like the, the historical stuff the like the fact that there's uh, there's strong evidence that like what's the word not modern but like advanced civilizations existed in thousands history. of years before
0: before they say, the, they say the first yeah. human they say the first human existed only 10,000 years ago and that's when civilization started like 10,000 years ago mm-hmm. it was hunters gatherers people like just uh hunting animals and whoo. who, who, who yeah, that's, the story. that's the story but, but graham hancock says that ten thousand years ago there were advanced civilization at that time they yeah. knew about astrology they knew about uh, arch- uh, architecture they know about a lot of stuff and that kind of flips the story upside down but
1: yeah no that's what and it's not so he's a great he's a great guy to check out he's also not he's He's a positive. He has a positive personality. It's not some some people in this movement can be fucking bummers. Mm-hmm. Just, there's no way around it. <laughs> you know, um, it's not a great place to start out. That's it's easy to go down that. Yeah. Some of them, I think. It, some of them, I think, are full of shit. Like maybe they're saying they're speaking the truth, but they're just the message. It's it's a really negative message. You know, like you can see it in their face. You're like I don't want what they have. Exactly. You know, I don't want to end up like that.
0: Um, and if you're if you're any if if you're if you're in that space or yeah. close to that space, keep listening to us. We want to bring hope, positive posit- positivity, empowerment throughout the, all these truths because it it's all over us. Like think about economics, finance, history, anthropology. It's all around us. But we want to bring it slowly to where you can come out the other side without a lot of the damage that I and Noah went through. Nihilism, addiction alienation, isolation, uh, pessimism, you know, all that stuff. That was an important part of my journey. I wouldn't have it any other way, but I want to help people who, especially now are in high school and college, who are reading about this stuff, to go out the other side, and I will provide resources, people to research. I will bring, like, it'll, this This shit will be awesome, man. But,
1: yeah, uh, but to get back on that topic, Brown it's Hancock. all good stuff. Yeah, like, there's strong evidence that the Sphinx is at least, is around 10,000 years old. I forget, but roughly that, versus what the, the mainstream idea is that it's about 2,000 years old. So it's 10,000 years old is where the, the, the mainstream story is that people were still, like, killing animals with sticks and rocks and that, you know, and eating some berries and living in fucking little huts. Like, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's what... But they, they built this unbelievable... Stone monument, you know that we we couldn't figure out how to do that today, and, but uh, but that was around. Like so, the the story is just off, and it's not a little bit off. It's not like they. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like they were like, oh well, they actually, you know like they, metallurgy was invented like a thousand years or yeah. five hundred years later. Like yeah, I can see how you goofed up, but like seven thousand years earlier, like there was this massive technologically advanced civilization and that's the other thing. Like, you know, what what survives? Like the fact that like like stone. Stone's the only thing that's left. Like you leave if they had a car, I'm not saying they did, but if they had something like a car made of made of metal and other synthetic materials, mm-hmm. that that'll it'll dissolve. Like <clears throat> like the earth will just dissolve it and like eat it <laughs> and soak yeah. it back into you know, anything other than just stone, paper, computers, you know, almost all of our information is on computers. Like, I've heard Joe Rogan rap about this so many times, like, almost exactly what I'm saying, which is that it, it, if you start thinking about that, like, how do we know there weren't multiple cycles of yeah. advanced civilizations before us?
0: Atlantis comes to mind.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, like what would be left? Like, a gigantic stone, miles of ice... Scraped across the entire Continent of North America You know, at the end of an ice age Like fucking, like, getting bulldozed Like, scraping down to bedrock mm-hmm. Like, miles Two miles of ice Just, like, wiped clean Like, no more <laughs> Whatever the fuck was there If there were artifacts of something there Like, that's gone Yeah There's, there's nothing. nothing Like, it's but... like, how can you say there, there wasn't, like, there's some evidence Of advanced civilizations From at least, like, this Göbekli Tepe, And the Sphinx
0: and there's pyramids in Mexico, back. I guess, or in oh, yeah, Central sure. America. Yeah. So, I don't want, uh, I, just a quick question. Mm-hmm. is I think that the people, the civilization that built the pyramids and the build-up monuments, they also had prophecies. They knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. They built those stone monuments for a certain reason. They built it for us. They did not build it for themselves. They might have used it for certain things that are not available today. But they built them to stand out they wanted to like you know how if you believe in the moon landing or not that's a different subject but you know how when they went to the moon they hanged the american flag they wanted to say we made it here it's it's like a, putting an imprint i believe those civilizations built those things to survive time they knew that when mm-hmm. they would survive tens of thousands of years and there would come a time where humanity would start to awaken and they would start to see the genius in the building of these pyramids and these pyramids themselves Like, the amount of rocks that build the pyramid, their astronomical alignment with the stars, they know that there will come some kind of people who would figure out the uh, riddles in these... Do you believe that's what they did it for? Like, they chose stones, and they built them this way to stand out for us to see it?
1: I think that makes sense. You know, I think you can't... Like I said, I try to be as agnostic as possible about stuff, especially just, like... Like, knowing my place. I haven't done very deep research on this, but that, that, that definitely makes sense, you know. It, um, it makes more sense than it being, like, a tomb, mm. you know. I've heard strong arguments against that. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, that the whole thing is just a tomb. Like, I think that's, <laughs> like, the maze.
0: Main... <laughs> right? I don't no. Like, think of all the effort <laughs> built into the pyramids. Like, it took, took them, like, years and years and years to build the pyramids, like, tens of years, maybe, just to bury a king. all that effort to bury a king I don't I'm not dissing any people who believe in that but I'm just trying to bring light into how can you believe that if you believe that please bring me the evidence I've heard people who say it's an initiation initiation temple that the way it's built that these people uh, have discovered electricity in their time so if you look at the pyramid it has a pointed head Mm -hmm. and a lot of our antennas have a pointed head so they can collect frequencies they can collect electricity and it was one way to manipulate energy and awaken. I heard a, a, all kinds of different stuff. I believe that in the years coming, in our lifetime, we we will figure out what was going on and it will be so mind blowing that we're not even close to what was going on. But they definitely wanted it to survive time. They definitely wanted it to, to be preserved for people to see the wonders they were capable of and maybe, maybe, that they oversaw that there would come a time of darkness and corruption and you know censorship and humanity that they wanted these things to stand out and always break down the official story so whenever the first stories come you just look at the pyramids you're like oh no that could never have happened look at this shit they don't mm-hmm. even know how they build this shit today with all the technology we have so i feel like you said graham hancock you know brought you to that journey i asked you did you think that I think that that was part of their intention. That was not their full intention. We're yeah. just speculating here, but I believe part of their intention was to preserve it throughout mm-hmm. time for people. Graham Hancock, I love his shit. It's, it's so, like, he has his ayahuasca like, story and all that stuff, but... So, Graham Hancock was the first, one of the first researchers you stumbled upon. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he was one of the first ones. Uh, who else? Michael Tesarian was a big one.
0: Oh yeah, I love that dude. Yeah. Well, he has he has way out there stuff. Uh,
1: his yeah. books are I think his books are a lot more enlightening than his podcast. His podcasts go on tangents, almost a little bit like this is going, like it goes over here and over here and over here. So if yeah. if you if you don't already know mm. a lot about the subjects, it can just kind of rattle you. Yeah, Because yeah. you're like, wait, what? Trying to catch up. Mm. What is this? And like, barely remember any of the details, but just that, that just a lot of fucked up stuff though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Um, but his books, it's a, I love, his books are great. Because um, it, it's a lot easier to follow along and, mm-hmm. and stop and look stuff up. And there's quotes and you can go to those other people's quotes. Um, versus pausing a podcast every, yeah, and just every two
0: seconds to write something down. <laughs> right. Um, so we started with Graham Hancock. That kind of blew you off. And then he started looking into 19... 19- College kids, hijackers who never flew a plane, who did the most amazing stunts in the world. That couldn't be true. And slowly, it's a rabbit hole. Guys, I warn you, if, if people who are listening to this podcast are, have already been on that path. So I'm not talking to newcomers. But if there's any newcomers, it's a, it's a jarring path. Like the more, you, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know and you want to know more. And that's mm-hmm. what Noah was uh, warning us about. Don't go into this so excited there there's a lot of good research and a bad research try to choose the people you listen to there's a lot of people who bring you positivity out of all this stuff some some people just are negative and they talk about this reincarnation trap and don't go to the light and a lot of stupid not stupid a lot of stuff that confuses you and keeps you in your shackles where the ultimate Objective about all this stuff is to unlock the shackles in your mind and to free yeah. yourself, you know mm,
1: that, that reminds me of something and yeah, before I go to that just the ultimate goal is to realize is not to get you down and, and Afraid it's you kind of it eventually I think you might have to go through some amount of pain and maybe You know, yeah. I love what you're doing here. Like maybe you'll be able to help people navigate that <laughs> Little that, bit that's like, the don't whole like goal podcast, i wanted to go podcast tool. shaman <laughs> 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 but uh yeah that i think you you kind of you it's, i saw like there's the concept of optimistic nihilism where like you you realize that it's kind of bullshit but not not life and everything is bullshit it's just this thing like you're calling the matrix and a lot of what people think is real is it's, it's not it's not anything to get upset about You know, like, it it makes you feel so much more free. Yeah, That's another thing that it wasn't even... It's something that I came to myself. Like I said, I I enjoy math and science, and I'm pretty Mm -hmm. good at it, and took some really high-level, like, grad school-level classes as an undergraduate, Mm -hmm. um, and would just go above and beyond some of the classes to look into stuff more deeply. But I think I realized that... I think people... There's, like, the cult of the expert... Like, people believe in the experts, and like, you know, you just defer. And sometimes you need to, you need to be able to delegate. Like, that's yeah. how society works and how everything. But I think I realized, like, I, I learned about the, the cutting edge of science in a lot of different fields mm. and realized how little we know. Yeah. You know, there's kind of this idea that we're like, we're dominating, yeah. we're a dominating force, and like, we are and we're like, not advanced, but and like, the compared experts, to what? The experts know?
0: of today are the priests of yesterday. I feel in some it's that that's what you're trying to say like the experts today. they're the priests of ancient history where they control all the knowledge Uh and they steer society that's what experts are doing today
1: yeah even even just classes on like advanced fluid dynamics and like in quantum simulations like simulating uh, semiconductors and and battery materials and really super fine high level detail stuff like the cutting edge of what we we understand at least like What's in the mainstream? You know, usually they say that like the military-industrial complex is like ten years ahead mm-hmm. in terms of research, but like the mainstream cutting edge, I'm like, we don't know. We don't we we know enough to manipulate things, but we don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, like we don't even know. What, just what you look around at, like this isn't even, like like theoretically, this is not solid. Yeah, no, like being in a fluid dynamics class kind of brought me into this crazy state of zen mm-hmm. because I was like. Like I I realized and just like the same thing that I think your, your awakening came more directly, through like this the truth movement or conspiracy or research alternative research whatever, whatever you want to <clears throat> whatever you want to call it movement but like you get to this state of zen, kind of where you realize that. This isn't real. Like this is like a construction of my mind, and also, of like the collective mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Like I think that. Oh, that's another thing that we haven't touched on at all but the idea of like the collective
0: mind you know like i don't want this first episode to be all over the place but it's kind of, <laughs> kind of is already but i mean the thread we started on is how did i and how did noah slowly from our br- upbringing come to what we call the truth because ultimately the truth i don't this is an argument that humans have had since antiquity and it's not an Easy answer is truth objective or is it subjective, mm-hmm. or is it somewhere between? I think it's both, so but it's, it's like a dichotomy. it is both, and it's not both at the same time, like both are true at the same time. there is subject rea- subjective reality, so for me, maybe uh Indian food sucks and it's not good at all, but for somebody else, it's the fucking bomb. they want Indian food every day. that's subjective truth. There's objective truth out there. So yeah. did, did, not, did 19 hijackers with box cutters were able to bring down the most sophisticated defense system around the world? Is that true? I don't think that's very subjective. But uh, what, we're trying to, what I'm trying to say here is uh, we were trying to say how did we come up to the truth, you know, and not to steer away from that. Noah said he started research Graham Hancock. He he took yeah, classes yeah. in uh in his school about quantum reality, quantum physics, and that slowly, you know, I I describe the process of you know you have a house and you start slowly start breaking it down. You know you bring out all the furniture, then the flooring, then the paint. You you you're really emptying all the bullshit you that is in your mind. You know to start with, you believe that. Uh, successful people make money. Successful men have a lot of girls. You believe uh, people with PhDs are experts on everything. You believe politics, you believe there's an outside enemy that we have to defeat. You believe that punishment is deserved on some kinds of you believe all this kind of bullshit and you slowly have to tear it down. And the more you research the more it's teared down. And I describe the process of going into dark places of waking up is you don't have a solid foundation after you tear all this shit down. Yeah. It's a void. And you freak out. You don't know what's real and what's not. And Especially if you're a young kid, and that's what I'm targeting people in college and school. Mm-hmm. Your parents are probably going to be asleep. Your teachers are going to be asleep. Uh, the people you looked up to all, your whole life, CNN, CNBC, experts, are still asleep. And that freaks you out because you don't look at yourself as valuable. You don't value the conclusions yeah. you come to. And it puts you in a place of doubt. And I'm trying to tell you don't doubt it. There is a community of us that's disenfranchised out there through all throughout YouTube and all other sites that are coming to the same conclusions. But we don't want you to go to that state of, Oh my god, what do I do? Take a breath, take it easy, we'll take you through this. But this was I I'll start and I'll give it to Noah because I know I So the way I came up to with the truth, I grew up religiously a lot. I believe in Islam, I believe that there was hell and heaven, that and we believe that only Muslims go to heaven and that god had a secret plan awaiting for us that the caliphate was going to come back and that we're going to subdue america we're going to subdue the west everybody's going to bow down to us and that's going to happen i that was not so real and as in the evidence we're like the arabs are the most like low like in in rankings of cultures of achievements and strength. we're like we're very bottom we don't have strong military we don't have strong industries we don't have nothing so how could that come up like that's a miracle in itself the second thing was that only Muslims go to heaven? That, could, that did not resonate with the God that I believed in, the God of mercy, God of love, God of... How can... Because I, I, I've, I had Christian friends, I have atheist friends, I have Hindu friends, and they were good people. You know, They were good to their neighbors, they were good to their friends, they did good things, they stood up for truth. So how could God put them in heaven and the Muslims will be like because today we have so much knowledge and they should read and they should know that Muhammad's message is the only true message and they had no excuse I don't believe in that, I believe that your conduct is, is the ultimate proof of what you believe that kind of stuff started breaking down my reality slowly and then I started looking into the Illuminati Freemasons, the symbolism all around us that's hidden in plain sight then reading about you know zeitgeist i would advise anybody to watch the zeitgeist series it's a very solid research it's uh it's succinct and cohesive and does not have a very negative message they actually have a solution like those people have even go a, like a mile ahead and they provide a solution like see all that bullshit? here's how to solve it here's the system how it works here's how you uh do currency this is how you do resources this is how you own. they have a solution too like it's not even so popular but they have a solution the zeitgeist people you go into a military industry complex. You look into the American history, the First World War. I started researching all these subjects throughout time while I was going to college. So I started hating going to college because all all my friends, all the people in college, would be talking about uh, wanting to get laid, the next good drug, uh, Snapchat. Did you check her story? What, to What's check Kim Kardashian story? doing? What's Kim Kardashian <laughs> Cr- with all the movies? I'm like. And I was, I, I was at that phase of frustration, anger, and despair all at once. I had like the best mix. I was frustrated that I was not making a lot of money. I know all this shit. I should be using it and making money and not being a slave like this. I had frustration. that uh, I was angry at the people around me talking about all this nonsense. And I felt despair because I, know I didn't know any way out. I felt, I felt free at the same time I felt so locked in because nobody was listening nobody heard what I wanted to say, the more I talked, the more they shunned me away, so researching all that stuff led me also to addiction, because like, oh, nobody wanted to listen to me, this is not real, okay, so I'm just gonna go create my own imaginary world, smoke weed, get high, and just enjoy myself on my own, and it was not a lot of good results, but throughout (laughs) this, throughout all this journey, I learned a lot to trust that, you know, not to go down those paths, and my ultimate like the catalyst you know that connected all this kind of stuff for me together was spirituality when i took my first acid trip i felt like i opened my third eye the symbolism started to make sense to me and i understood the connectivity of a lot of this stuff and it brought me peace at the beginning but i overdid acid and then what well, that wasn't good too <laughs> and but what I'm trying to say is spirituality is the link that connects all these subjects together and brings a cohesive story to our human like dilemma, and how do we th- that's that's my story in a nutshell that's how I got to the position I' am in and this is the subject of this podcast, and I will give the mic to Noah to talk about like in a nutshell how his his thing went through
1: yeah, I think some of it i didn't I didn't choose mm-hmm. you know like I feel like looking back on my life, especially now trying to think of. Like how could I not it seems like my life has just been one event after another, just being like violently shaken mm. so mm. hard that I can't stay asleep, you know <laughs> like just external I've also heard the difference between like being shaking shaken up and wake woken up like people you can just say all kinds of crazy shit and people it's it's too true for them to like to resist it and hide, but then they're just like they're startled and awake now, but they're not like dissonance you, yeah, they're it's just like what the fuck man? you know they're not like they're not um cohesive and like awake and yeah. present they're just like ah freaking you know? out Which I, i've been there i'm sure you guys have been there um but i think that that's sometimes that's a necessary phase and also lots of lots of hallucinogen use that's also like a huge disruptor i think that's why it was i mean that's why it was so uh so hated and like cracked mm. down on it because it's really hard to do a bunch of hallucinogens and, and come it. out of it and think that all of this is still like so fucking real you know
0: amen brother
1: yeah
0: amen <laughs> yeah uh, oh god what were we just saying like how how did your journey in a nutshell like phase one two three four like your research what he went through like how he felt um, and how to put it in a nutshell <laughs> Like okay you started college you had these abrupt thoughts about society they were not cohesive they were not solid it was just questioning but then you jumped in head first but when you jumped in headfirst, you started talking about it with your friends you got no response that led you maybe to addiction or to oh, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. else so not
1: a i think a, a, the biggest it's hard to put any of it into a nutshell succinctly, but I think a, a big takeaway from it was that it didn't happen all at once. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the... I could have kind of eased a lot of the pain and fear if I had just been able to see, like, this chill. Like, this it'll work out. <laughs> you know, keep putting in the work, but, like, you're not going to wake up like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that happens to some people, but for most people, it it, it was a process. It was a long process. And uh, just... Man, like, it'll... If you keep working, and sometimes you need to take a break, you know, mm-hmm. like I've definitely fallen back to sleep a couple times because I I just felt like I could not I couldn't physically survive, like if you need to, <laughs> if you need to jump back in, like that's not a that's not a shameful thing, you know, like you can you can go, take a nap, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like you know even if you've been woken up like sometimes like you need to, I've done that several times and that's looked like different things for me but, you know like it. Uh, I've, I've realized that staying asleep forever, like, that's, that's just, that's not an option for me. There have been times where I really wanted to. I you wanted like, the blue pill, huh? Yeah, no, I was like, give me the fucking blue pill, and it's just like, too late, motherfucker. <laughs> you, you know? Like, it was like something would happen, whether it was external or some internal thought, you know, where I'm like happily going along, all blue pilled, and then it's just like something snaps in my head, and I'm like, God damn it! I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this again. Like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm incapable. <laughs> Yeah, of it. So it's uh, yeah, you know, like it's it's a it's a long journey. But yeah, I don't know to try to to try to sum it up like lots of pain, addiction, having different different external things in my life when I was young and through high school, um that showed me that you know there's there's other interpretations of reality at different levels of reality, whether it's like spiritual or you know the the financial, social s- social systems, like all of that. um until uh, and then got into like the the truth conspiracy movement. Um, I read a lot of different uh, like Eastern mysticism
0: and spirituality, mm, thousand watts type of shit. Yeah,
1: and that can be its own. Terrible. That can be its own its own blinders, like its own way of like numbing yourself and yeah. just ignoring. Because it, what's going on, but it's it's good, but you can't fall into it. You can, it's it's alluring. I think the like uh, don't become
0: Alan Watts is what he said. Yeah,
1: no, like it's uh it's it's alluring, like, and it seems like it's that real shit that they don't want you to know about. But mm-hmm. like, I think it's
0: uh it's elusive. You never get to a point where you are yes. that you're always searching. You're always not there. You always need a teacher. Yeah, no, that
1: that's not yeah. the, the guru worship is fucking bullshit. Like, that's, uh, that's bad news. That's straight up cult, cult like <laughs> behavior. Like, that's not, people are, it's, that's like, they have the biggest egos of all. And people love to do it. They love to have, there was this experiment where they just, they found a guy who was like, I guess like, he was, he looked, I think that's another, like people, people love to latch on to, to like foreign spirituality because they're like, this is new. This is the new cool thing. This must be the answer. This is the answer that they didn't want me to know about. But it it can be just as bad as, like, growing up and realizing that Christianity has lots of bullshit. Yeah. You know? If you want to go, I mean, like, ancient Vedic stuff's even older. And, like, just, like, like, whether or not you think Jesus was a real person, like, there were good teachings mm-hmm. in there. And, like, the Vedic text, uh, there's, like, good teachings, but... Since then, in the last several thousand years, like, lots of politicians and just humans who, like, are not spiritually awake have pissed all over it and, like, added their own shit. So it's, like, when you, you have to be skeptical when you're looking through any anything old religious text, especially people's interpretations of them today, mm-hmm. you really, it's, it can be hard to not jump in and be like, oh, because they're giving you what you're in pain, and this is an answer. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll just do this now. You know, like and it—it's the same shit. There's a lot you of praying on these people, like and yeah, like it's but that it was—it was valuable, you know, and that was the same kind of cycle, of um, like oh, I'll just do this blue pill, and then like something smacks me back into reality, and I'm yeah. like, oh, yep, yeah, I think that's that's been my process It's that that repetition?
0: Yeah, and you could look at it as God or your own soul or spirit, mm-hmm. as it, after you woke up, it does not want you to regress back, and it brings. An event to your life that pushes you harder into the truth or whatever you want to call it into not because this stuff you know the, the closer you get to the so-called truth and there is no ultimate like end uh or like a final like final resting place where you made it and you're there and you win and it's all nirvana that could be true but don't don't keep that thought in your mind because that's an elusive thought oh, yeah no that, that that'll just keep you a prey for anybody who who will uh, market mm-hmm. that he has the solution he has the way to give it to it's get you hair on the It's to carry on the stick, the the stick. string exactly so down the path you have to do exactly so don't don't ever it's a process it's an ongoing process you keep waking up you keep better your, bettering yourself you keep growing you fix your character defects you uh you mold your your beliefs you crystallize them and then you you melt them again and crystallize them again it's a mm-hmm. process never never get into this mode where you think you know the ultimate truth and there's no truth after this that, that way you'll just
1: makes be you complacent ignore, it makes you ignore your life because exactly. you're looking for that, that thing that prize at the end that's exactly. just like getting that good job exactly you know? that's what you, you go through college get that good job and you work hard to feed the system it's, this, it's the same pattern like seeing that that same that same kind of s- symbolism that same like meta, mega myth or meta myth mm-hmm. was they call it um just a huge myth. Yeah, no, just the, the idea of, like, recurring, like, archetypical stories that, like, whether it's Nirvana or the 72 versions or, like, Everlasting Heaven, you know, like, whatever it is that's that thing. If someone's promising you this thing that comes later, yeah. you know, like, watch out <laughs> if it's some big grand thing like that, because you... There's problems with materialism in the spiritual sense and living in the right right now, but it's got to be a balance, man. Like, it's not... You can't just sit there and ohm all day exactly. and like ignore you can do that but that's escapeism. There's that's nothing true. non-spiritual, none, there's nothing bad about trying to establish establish
0: yourself. And we're like, here for a reason. If yeah. we were meant to be just spiritual energy beings who were just ohming all day, we wouldn't have <laughs> bodies and we wouldn't have to go to the bathroom a few times a day or eat. Like just the fact that you have to eat to sustain yourself is is an indicator is is a pointer that you have to be out in the world you have to go get your food you have to go work and get your food and eat to stay alive so this matrix this reality pushes you to stay in it but it's a balance you know the the symbol of the pyramid or the triangle is duality but that third part is the balance part right they uh freemasonry has this checkerboard symbolism the Asians the eastern asian people have the yin and yang but there's always a point of balance between the both dichotomies, the good and evil. There's always a balance point. And that's, we'll end with this. This is what Jesus talked about, the middle path. You know, it's so hard to walk but on, but it's, and the Buddha talked about it. It's mm-hmm. the Eightfold Path. It's that path of walking between metaphysics and physics, between uh, bigger reality and material reality. Muhammad talked about it too, and he described it with very good description now looking back I have a different interpretation it, it was it was sold to us as this is the passage you walk between and in, in the day of judgment between that point to heaven but it was a metaphor it talks about this this line being thinner than a hair and sharper than a sword mm-hmm. but now that's a metaphor because thinner than a hair that means there's so many ways you can go astray and you can get lost it's so thin it's just one way and it's sharper than a sword. That means walking on that, it's going to be painful for a while. You're going to get shunned. You're not, going to, you're not going to be fitting in into society. It's sharper than a sword. But it leads you to heaven. It leads you to freedom or whatever that is. And uh, that's the message we have. We talked about a few different subjects, you know, 9-11, uh, Graham Hancock, growing up. But this is the general idea of our podcast is we want to bring you that this is all right. This is happening. You know, Welcome to the ride. Welcome to the roller coaster. And I believe that anybody who was listening to this podcast to begin with has stumbled upon these subjects. Maybe so deep, maybe just a little bit. Maybe he's confused. We're just here to say that we're all here together. We can come together and bring a voice and do something about it. That's the message. This is just a debut. Let us know what you think about this. And I'll leave the last final word for Noah.
1: Yeah, no, this is... I'm glad we, glad we decided to do this. This is great. I think we have a, a lot of material, a lot of jumping off points if you go back through here. Probably at least yeah, at least half a dozen more podcasts from any one of the little tangents, each of the tangents mm-hmm. that we did.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. This is me and Noah. This is episode one, introduction, different subjects. a uh, start through, we definitely need, we're, we're working on it. We're always going to be working on it. Thanks for listening. We could, might go just finish talking about different subjects if you want to hang around, but this is the time we have. And uh, have a good day.